So today is Christmas Eve, and we get to celebrate the greatest gift the world has ever received. Uh, I love it. The Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, Paul words the gift this way. He says, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Other translations of that would say a gift too wonderful for words. It is such a gift, the greatest gift we could ever receive. And for the kids here, a gift much greater than any gift we could ever hope to receive at Christmas, any kind, or anything that's on your wish list. What's on your wish list this year? The biggest gift, the thing you hope? Heelys? Yes. Awesome. I missed my own one. Awesome. Very cool. Whatever those are. Awesome. I know for my boys, it's the greatest gift ever would be a giant stack of Pokemon booster cards, right? Of packs to be able to open up and be able to get the wonder of it. I think every single thing on my boys' Christmas list this year is Pokemon related. Thank you, Ryan Tazy, for introducing them. Um, <laughs> to that obsession. So as we look at this greatest gift that the world has ever received, I want to look again at this passage that was read out earlier during our, our time. And that's the classic passage of Jesus' birth. I want to focus in on the words of the angel at, at, that he gives at the end. My message this evening will be brief, I promise. Uh, briefer. Um, and so uh, it begins in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, and he says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, listen to this, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Amen. Uh, a couple nights ago, we were watching The Chosen's, The Shepherd's Show on Dealing with Christmas and portraying this vividly, and I just had tears, tears re running down my cheeks as I was watching this portrayed so vividly in that show of the shepherds receiving this message from the angels and going to see the king. In this famous letter of Jesus' birth, or retelling of it, the angel declares here three things about Jesus that I want to look at today. So first, in verse 10, it said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So what is this good news? What is this great news of, of, of great joy that will be given? Why will it be given? He says in verse 10, he says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will, that will cause you great joy for all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So the angel says, Today Jesus is born. He describes him in three ways. He says he is Savior, Messiah, and Lord. So first he says that Jesus is the Savior. Now, Jesus didn't just come, at saying, to, to change our behavior. Jesus didn't come just to get us to follow some new religion or obey a, a new set of rules, but he came to bring life. Jesus didn't come just to make bad people good. He came to make dying people alive, to bring life. Jesus is the Savior. Another way to translate that in the original language is rescuer. He came to rescue, to save when we are drowning, we need a savior. We need a rescuer. And Jesus came to rescue us because we cannot rescue ourselves. Our society often doesn't want to admit it today, but all paths don't lead to God. Following the desires of our heart 
is, is a way of life leads to pain, not to joy. You know, this is, there was this great uh, uh, clip on uh, SNL Weekend Update uh, this past weekend where the hosts of the, of the Weekend Update, uh, Michael, jo- or Michael Che and Colin Jost, they tell on the Christmas time, they write jokes like really embarrassing, inappropriate jokes to one another to say to make it embarrassing for the other one. And they're right, they're talking about the tragic war in Gaza between Muslims and Jews. And for the punchline of the joke, which is supposed to be groan-inducing, it's so inappropriate, Michael Chase says, whether you're Muslim or Jewish, y'all need Jesus. Right? And it was intended to be this really inappropriate like, statement that would be like, groan-worthy, like, how dare you say such a thing? But the reality is, Jesus is the Savior. That's not inappropriate. That shouldn't be groan-inducing. Jesus is the Savior if we turn to him. We cannot save ourselves. The truth is, we all need Jesus. Amen? Now, the angel says after this, that we, after we saying that, that he is the Savior, he says that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. Now, the original, the original Greek word here for Messiah that's, here, that's used here is pronounced Christos which means Christ, right? That's where we get the word Christ from. Contrary to popular belief, Jesus' last name is not Christ, right? It sounds like it, but no, Christ literally means the anointed one. It's kind of a strange name to give someone because the big question with that name of the anointed one is, what are they anointed for? Why are they anointed? And there were hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament dating back a thousand years before Jesus' birth about why he came and that he would come. And it is declared that the anointed one, Jesus, would come, that he would be born in Bethlehem, that he'd be born to a virgin, that he'd be tortured and killed, and so many other things. And then right as Jesus begins his public ministry, the very first thing he does is he goes into a synagogue, he opens up the scroll of Isaiah, and the very first public thing he does is he reads out Isaiah 61 a prophecy about him from almost 700 years before. We find it in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and here's what Jesus says. He stands up and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me, there's that word anointed, anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So Jesus says this prophecy It's about me. I am the anointed one. I am the Messiah, just like the angels proclaimed. And so what is he anointed to do? Well, he quotes Isaiah and he says, I'm anointed to do a few few specific things. He says, he's anointed to help the poor and broken, to bring freedom for those who are in bondage, to care for the hurting, to heal the sick, and to usher in God's kingdom. Now, Jesus, the greatest gift in the the history of the cosmos, it says he came to rescue us. And he's anointed to help the hurting and the broken, the sick and the downtrodden, the oppressed and the anxiety-ridden. Jesus says he didn't just come for those that were celebrating, but he came for those who were hurting, those in mourning, those who had lost hope, those who were in darkness. He came to bring freedom for those who were in bondage. And that could be, you know, bondage to physical forms of slavery, but also anything else. But I'll never forget the first time I saw an actual slave set free from slavery. Well, my wife and I, while we were missionaries in South Africa, I was working at one point as a Chinese translator for, I know I look like a Chinese translator, but um, as a Chinese translator for a, uh, a trafficking ministry that worked with, with, with helping girls get out of the trafficking industry, the slaves. And 
We had just that previous night had been at the seeing uh, two girls be freed from a raid on a, on a brothel where they had been slaves for a long time. Two Chinese girls that were from central China that had, their lives had been completely ruined in slavery for a long time and they'd never been even allowed out of this home that they were brothels in. The next day I got to go to, to go hang out with them, to, 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 uh, to translate and hang out with them and I got to take them for a drive to go to the beach. It's the most, most beautiful place in the world in South Africa and go to the beach and we got to a, a nice Chinese meal and I got to watch these two girls for the first time in so long experience freedom. Literally, bondage is being broken as slaves were set free, and I got to see the joy and elation on their faces as slaves were set free from bondage. Just sheer joy and delight and overwhelming at the incredible gift that they were given of freedom. This is the kind of freedom that Jesus is speaking of here. He came to set those in bondage free. And that would be free for those physically in bondage, but also for those who are in bondage in other forms, bondage to sin, bondage to pain, bondage to the past, bondage to anxiety and depression and hopelessness and and isolation. Jesus is the anointed rescuer who brings healing and hope, restoration and redemption. He's Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen. Lastly, the angel says that Jesus is Lord. Jesus isn't just a rescuer. He isn't only anointed to bring hope and healing, but he is Lord. The Bible many times doesn't just call him Lord, but as we sang tonight, calls him Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And the original word for Lord isn't just a title of a position. It refers to power and authority of someone. And so often we don't want anyone to have power over us. We we balk against that. We want to be in charge. We want to determine for ourselves what is right and wrong all by ourselves. But that was literally the original sin of Adam and Eve. So the question I have to ask is, how is that working out for you if you're in that place? I so often encounter people who are deeply hurting and often as a result of their own poor choices and the pains from that or the poor choices of others that have wounded them. And they've tried to course correct so many times. They've tried to fix themselves more times than they can count tried to break addictions without success, tried to get off that merry-go-round of broken relationships and poor decisions that always leaves them feeling worse and more empty. And yet when I talk about with Jesus, the idea of Jesus may sound good, but they balk at the idea of Jesus as Lord. They're okay receiving his love. They're okay saying, well, I can believe in him, but they don't like the idea of him as Lord. They don't want to submit to his ways. They think that God is some kind of cosmic killjoy in the heavens that just wants to make things miserable for us this side of heaven and take things away from us. And then so often I look at their lives and I just say, show me where your joy is. Look at the fruit of the path that you are on. Look at the fruit of your life. Maybe you have money, great, but your kids are against you, the kids have walked away from you, they don't have a relationship with you, or look at all the places around you, the stress and everything else. I don't see joy. Look at the pain of the choices that you've made. You call it freedom, but see, often to me, it looks like bondage. In fact, you look like you're in bondage sometimes for those in that place, even worse than the bondage, the same degree that those girls were in that brothel in the middle of Cape Town. So often we're looking for the stuff of this world, that the pleasures that we're pursuing. It's so similar to, to that of like Gollum and the Lord of the Rings, you know, saying, my precious thinking this will bring life, while in the reality, it eats him away. And it robs him of all joy and all life. But Jesus says he is Savior, Messiah, and Lord. 
He came to offer us this gift of himself. Not to steal our pleasure, but to give us life. Not to take things away, but to give us joy and life in him. Following Jesus is the path to life. This is the gift he offers us at Christmas. And every day, life in him and life with him. Following Jesus' way produces life. If there's anything that he asks us to ever lay down, it's because it's a thing that's like Gollum's ring, that we may think it is precious, but it is robbing us and stealing our joy in life. So God created us to enjoy life with him and life with one another, now and for all of eternity. My favorite passage is John 10.10, where it says that Jesus says, I have come that you would have life and have it abundantly. Asking for Jesus to be Lord of our lives, submitting to him, is choosing the path of abundance and life. Trusting that the creator of the cosmos knows a bit more about what's best for us than we do. Jesus came to earth to restore us back into relationship with him. For him to be Lord of our lives, to walk with us in friendship and guide us into abundance and life. And so whatever situation you're in today, whatever you're going through, Jesus wants to meet you right where you are at. His name is Emmanuel, God with us, and he's here right now. And the more we let him in, the more we let him be Lord, the more we pursue him and follow his ways, the more of his abundant life we experience today. So whatever you're walking through right now, whatever pain or heartache or sickness or anxiety, Jesus understands. If you're hurting, run to him this Christmas Eve. Now, I recognize for many that Christmas is not a time of celebration and joy, but a time of pain and heartache. But Jesus came to give his life for us because he is madly in love with us, and he meets us right where we are at. He wants to see us flourish. He wants to see us with abundance of life. He wants to see us whole and to, create, to see us live the life he created us to live. Now we see this displayed in, in all the gospel stories. I mean, if you've been in difficult relationships, maybe. Like the woman at the well. And maybe you've lived a life of shame and had too many partners or made bad choices. Jesus shows that he finds us right there at that well. Even though we lay low in shame and, and those who claim to love us have, have run away, Jesus loves us unconditionally. Or maybe if you've failed sexually in some other ways and the world has tossed you to the ground like the woman caught in adultery. We see that Jesus sends away your accusers and he writes a love note to you in the sand. Maybe if your health is failing and you're hurting physically, like the woman with the, with the blood issue or the lepers that were there, and you make your way to Jesus and call out to him, we see that Jesus reaches out to us again and again to heal and to save. If you feel like you're unseen and maybe look down upon, like Zacchaeus when he climbs up the tree, Jesus sees us and he calls out your name. And he says, I want to come share a meal with you and spend time with you. When life is so painful that you feel maybe you're bound by chains and destined to suffer with no hope in the world, or if you feel tormented and, and like others are avoiding you, or if you feel maybe that self-harm is really the best option that you have, because you hate who you've become, or if you have no community because you just have felt like an outcast or been isolated, Jesus wants to walk into that graveyard 
He wants to cast the tormenting spirit into the pigs and drive them into the sea and bring his life into yours. This is who Jesus is. He brings life. If death has come to someone that you love, Jesus cries with you just like he did with Lazarus' family. And when you doubt him, and if you've given up on your faith, like there's no more for me, he'll show you the nail scars in his hands just like he did for Thomas. And he'll say in me is eternal life. Come home. Jesus is for you. His love for you never fails. It never fades. It's never held from you no matter what you've done or how much you've suffered. Jesus came to give us his life. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. And Emmanuel, God with us, is here right now at this moment. And he's inviting you, if you do not know him, to turn to him right now. For him to be your savior, your rescuer, and your Lord. So whatever your circumstances are, Jesus is right here, right now. He was born to bring life. He was born to save. He was born to rescue us from dead ways of living that only produce death and pain. In fact, one of the earliest prophecies that was said about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9 says this. Speaking of Jesus, it says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. This is the prophecy of Jesus. If you feel like you're walking in darkness, Jesus is the light. If you feel like you're living in a land of darkness, you can receive his life today. Now, there's many here today I know that are, maybe you grew up knowing about Jesus, and over time you kind of walked away, and I get it. Sometimes it's because it was a belief, and it was just that. It stayed a belief in childhood or earlier on, and it never became an experiential relationship with him. And I understand Other times, maybe we were enticed by the pleasures that the world had to offer, and we felt too ashamed to come back to him, and I get that. But oftentimes, it's because we've been turned away because of other Christians. The reality is that the vast, the largest number of people that turn away from God isn't because of any of those reasons. It's because of other Christians. And the fact that so many Christians don't actually understand how good God is, and their lives don't reflect his beauty, his love, and his life to others. And their lives don't reflect him. And so people walk away when they see the hypocrisy and other stuff in the church. Our deep longing here at Northview is to reflect the reality of Jesus to the world. That we would grow in actually living and loving like Jesus. Giving grace to people in their pursuit of him. And seeking to love the hell and the pain right out of people. So if that's you... If you have a foundation of some kind in who Jesus is and have walked away, Jesus is calling you back right now this Christmas. He's not calling you back to legalism. He's not calling you back to condemnation or not to shame, but he's calling you to life, to joy, to hope, to healing, to freedom. So listen to that still, small voice that's speaking to your heart right now. I know he's pulling on many hearts at the moment. Listen to his voice. Return to him today. What better way to celebrate Christmas than to receive the gift that Christ came to bring? But the gift is not forced upon us. It has to be received. So let's receive him today, again or for the first time. And if you're here and you've never asked the Lord to be Lord of your life, you've never seen him as Savior, if you're watching online and you've never called him Lord or Savior, right now is your chance to receive Jesus' gift of life today. He's calling out to you. He's saying, come. 
all the scriptures in the Bible is wrapped up in the book of Revelation in one of the final passages in chapter 22. And Jesus says, I am the bright shining star. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Jesus is the bright morning star that shines in darkness. And he's saying, come. Are you thirsty for his water of life? Receive his gift of life this Christmas. Let's pray. Jesus, come to you right now, Lord. As we celebrate your birth, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you gave it all for us. You came as a little baby. You came and lived all of it, went through it all so that we could have life in you to restore relationship with you. And you meet us right where we're at, not where you want us to be. And there's nothing that we can do that would ever cause you to love us anymore, love you anymore than we do right now, Lord. And so, Jesus, I just pray right now, may you speak to our hearts. For those who have wandered, Lord, call them back right now and call them unto yourself. For those who do not know you, Lord, speak to their hearts right now this Christmas and draw them in. Just take a moment, just listen to the Lord. What is he speaking to you? If you want to respond, just pray with me right now. Say, Jesus, I don't understand how it all works. I'm tired of doing this on my own, God. I recognize I need a Savior. I want to drink of your water of life today. Jesus, I want to come to you. I want to give my life to you today, Jesus. Help me to turn away from my dead ways of living. I want your abundant life today, Jesus. I want you to be Lord of my life. Amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer, you responded again to him. Don't be silent about it. Tell someone. Walk along with someone. I'll be off onto the side. If anyone wants prayers, we're heading into worship and the rest of the thing and the last carol. Welcome to come over. I'd love to pray with others to be happy to pray with you. We'd love to connect with you in some way. We'll follow up with what God is doing. But do not be silent. Tell someone of what God is doing. Amen.